UFO round table. The UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. Okay, so I'd like to welcome everybody back to the monthly roundup roundtable with myself, Frank, of course, UFO Thinker Podcast, and as always, Ash and Greg from Pursuit of the Paranormal Podcast, and Ash also being the founder of UFOidentified.co.uk. How are we doing, chaps? Awesome. Yeah, good thanks, good thanks. Glad to be back. Another month, eh? they fly by, don't they? That's crazy. Come around very quick. <laughs> exactly. So, as always, we'll uh, talk about a few different topics, things that have been going on. I'll do my introductions as usual, and then we can go around and get some different opinions and whatnot. So, actually, the first thing I'd like to talk about is something that seems actually quite a long time ago, even though I just said it's flown by, um, which is uh, the UFO identified Minicon 2022. Whoa. So. Yes. Yeah, so obviously this was organised by your good self and your wonderful team, Ash. Yes, it was, and, it was. And and I was in attendance, as were you, Greg, and yes. uh, quite quite a large number of other people, actually, from the UK side of the, the UFO community. So um, last year, the, the 2021 event was, um, you know, actually probably only about six months after I started my podcast and it was quite a game changer for me just being able to meet up with a lot of people and who I'd spoken to online and things and you know to actually have conversations in in real life is you know it's, it's really cool and uh, safe to say this year's event sort of stepped it up another notch with a bigger venue and a, a great running order on the day and just another great experience and chance to meet up with some people who've basically become you know friends and colleagues and whatnot throughout the the ufo community in the uk so just to talk a little bit about how everything went on the day a bit of a summary so the venue was like a, a really cool old building which has has been used as a, a masonic hall in the past <laughs> yeah. and all sorts of Mas- masonic uh, symbolism around the place which was quite quite nice and um a little area just inside the entrance with some tables set up and people's books for sale and posters and merchandise and things and um through a big set of double doors there's the bar area and a, a pretty large hall with a stage at the back where where the magic happened as it were and uh in the morning there was a, a series of presentations from each of the members of ufo identified followed by a bit of a break for everyone to kind of mingle and catch up and talk about what had been said and um that was followed by another presentation by Sasha Christie and uh, then another break and a, a podcast panel Q&A, which I also took part in myself alongside uh, Andy and Dan from That UFO Podcast. And then another presentation from Ryan Sprague uh, from obviously Somewhere in the Skies podcast, who many people will be familiar with as well, which finished off the day. And there's also some competitions and, and other activities going on throughout the day. And overall, just a great event and really nice to catch up with uh, so many people in the flesh uh, to talk about this topic so uh, how was it for you guys did you have any uh, particular highlights of the day you know, or any just general thoughts on it all that you'd like to share and obviously might as well start with you ash yeah i mean it went well it just effing sort of went smoothly we had very very few hiccups and like issues like it was awesome just the feedback we've had just been immense and the amount of work that goes into putting something like this on 
is sometimes you think why 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 are we doing this like the cost of it the the whole the hours and hours of work and organizing it and the stress of getting things sorted and last minute speaker dropouts which we had again this year but thankfully Sasha Christie stepped up to to, to help us out there but when you see everyone coming together like you say we sold out for the second year in a row and we're just walking around the room and looking around everyone's talking to each other everyone's having a good time like I say the feedback was amazing just think this is why we do it and we've had lots of feedback saying like there's one one person that said that they go to like lots of conferences but there's something different about ours somehow and I said that's like we, we're young refreshed presenting new information being presented different things rather than just being like sort of taught that all day like get out a lot of conferences this like that is why we're doing it because the whole reason why we do it is to do something different to make it memorable for people and so when we get a feedback like that yeah that that that's why we do it make it makes it worth it and like i say we had very very few hiccups on the day thankfully um that's down to the hard work of the team to make it go so swimmingly and again to see you frank and others again uh, in the flesh is always good yeah it was it was really good fun and um it's many many conversations you know with people that are listeners of the show and you know just people who are other hosts of other shows and things like that it's just great to have that in-person connection obviously yeah yourself as well greg meeting for in real life for the first time how did you find it all mate yeah well that was my first ufo conference <laughs> so I, I didn't really well i knew roughly what to expect because obviously i speak to ash all the time and knew who was going to be sort of speaking um but to actually be there and meet everybody and like meeting yourself frank met a lot of people that we've spoken to over the last couple of years doing the podcast as well um people who listen to us come up and said hello um yeah no it it, it was great and then like you said the venue was really cool it was yeah old masonic lodge yeah <laughs> i suppose it couldn't have been more fitting but it was good to be able to to come through from where the table so i was predominantly had our little podcast table set up for um merch and whatnot and to meet people um and met all the people around me which was great um and then to go in and listen to everybody um was was really cool and it like like Ash had just said about the fact that it's, it's young people, I will class myself as young for this conversation, but young people in attendance and you guys, Ash, with the team, young, like, I say new to the scene, it's not, but like a fresh approach to it. New people, not the the usual suspects of people speaking at these things. In fact, Ryan was there, had the podcast Q&A, which was great. Some good questions come from people. Um, and to meet loads of people who I've seen online and I did only know them by their Twitter handle or, or whatnot. <laughs> and it's like trying to figure out who they were by their profile picture. And it was really cool. And everybody seemed to love it. Everybody seemed to love it. Um, and I, I, I come away with a load of free books from that lady. Um, so I haven't started reading them yet, but that was that was a bonus as well. But also from like the podcast side of things, me and Ash learned a lot of stuff just about selling merch at these places, for example. So we only had a certain amount of sizes and colors and people wanted other ones. So we, we've adapted like our website to be able to, to do all that kind of stuff 
in the future. So we, we've learned a lot just for the podcast bits from there. But just great to meet everyone. Great to meet everyone. Really was. And to see that many like-minded people in one room, which I'm absolutely sure you could have got at least another 20-odd people in there easy, at least another few rows. Um, but it wasn't overcrowded. It was nice. It was nice. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, it's like uh, when I went to the first one in, in 2021 and, and same sort of thing for this. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. That was the first time I'd ever been to a UFO event. And I was kind of a bit like, what am I letting myself in for? Uh, but I was like so pleasantly surprised with the kind of caliber of conversation. You know what I mean? It wasn't kind of wacky out there stuff. It's, you know, people having real rational conversations about, you know, trying to approach this scientifically and, and get to the bottom of it. And um, I, I mean, at this one, I, I spoke to some super like credentialed people as well. You know, people who are like, um, you know, like former and current um, members of the military, police officers, things like that, scientists, really credentialed academics, you know, sort of thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's amazing the sorts of people you could you can run into. And uh, spoke to some people about some things that are in the works as well that people are going to be mm-hmm. bringing to fruition. I don't yes. want to say too much because a lot of it's all sort of still you know in 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 the pipeline and things like that. But um, yeah, some super exciting things to to keep an eye on uh, that that came off the back of it. Uh, as well and and yeah great venue i i, I thought it was, a, it was a good place as well and is there any plans for like future events is it going to be perhaps at that place or potentially a different location what what have you got in the pipeline uh so i, I love the venue um because i like the separate room we have for the stores but the way it's still all sort of together large car park although that's some parking issues on the day but for ne- next year uh, we have started planning couple of events um and all i'm gonna say is that we are going bigger we have big big plans and it's scary but we know we can pull it off in the last two years have shown that we we like last year last year i've never even been to a conference before and we put in our own conference on we had no idea what we were doing i just we totally winged it and we had a great day. And this year, we kind of knew what we were doing. We had more time to plan. Bigger venue. Smashed it again. Next year, we've got a whole year that we're going to be planning it for. And we're going bigger again. And that's going to be one of the events for, for next year. And a couple of very exciting things. Again, talk about stuff that's new, stuff that's fresh. Something else we're going to be doing next year is going to be just that. And hopefully soon, we can actually announce what that is. Um, but we can't just yet, so we've got everything finalised, but that is in the, the planning stages, and I'm looking forward to that. Also, just on a personal note, I gave, like you say at the start, the UFO Identified Team gave presentation each. I did like a 15-minute sort of presentation, the first time I'd ever sort of stood in front of people in public speaking. It was absolutely terrifying. But <laughs> I think that went well. I got good feedback on the uh, on my little presentation, and I think and that's spurring me on to develop my sort of talk my presentation and then to give longer ones maybe travel around the country doing my own little talks uh, with, with the ufo identify team and um but i guess the whole <laughs> i didn't get that much time to stress about it because i was stressing about the whole conference itself <laughs> i didn't really have time to think about oh my god i gotta stand up in front of 80 people in a minute and talk about something <laughs> that i hope they're gonna listen to um but yeah that went well um, and hopefully from personal side of you, me developing my sort of giving talk side of it as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I really enjoyed you, you know your talk and and all of the the other members of UFO identified as well. I thought it was a really good series of little mini presentations, um, and I I really enjoyed taking part in the in the Q and A. Like you say, I mean, I've never done anything like that anything with this topic in particular. You know, I mean, obviously, I do music. I've been on stage quite. A, you know, quite a few hundred times over the years and things, but it's not in that that way. Having a mic in front of me is a bit different, but uh, again, like you say, just really enjoyed it and and uh, the feedback was was great and really encouraging to sort of like do more of that stuff um, as time goes along. And um, you guys also last year did some Skywatched events as well, like uh, smaller meetups for people to to check out. You know, just have a look at the what's going on up there, sort of thing, and uh, have some conversations. You got any plans for any more of that sort of thing in the future? Uh, yeah, well, this weekend just gone. We had a Skywatch out in Liverpool. Uh, we had new people joining us again. Because every time we do these events, we always seem to have new people join us, sort of expanding that group. Because obviously, we go to different places around the northwest, Liverpool, Manchester and people will join us. We also had a journalist joining us this time from, who came over from Denmark. Wow. So basically, and he built his trip around coming on our Skywatch with us and meeting us and like featuring us in his little um, article thing that he's doing in Denmark. So that was, uh, he was pretty, that was pretty cool. But yeah, we have generally have something planned every month, either a Skywatch, a small, like mini, mini version of the mini where It's just... We hire out a function room, we have one speaker, and it was a couple of hours in an evening. People come around, listen to a presentation, have a few drinks, get to know each other, just on a smaller scale. And we also just have just social get-togethers, just meet in a pub, spend a couple of hours, have something to eat, something to drink, and meet other members of, well, UFO-identified sort of Facebook community. Just come and join us in a pub, spend a couple of hours. So at least once a month we'll have something going on around the Northwest where people can join us. It's just about building that community and giving a place where people can come to meet each other and learn stuff together. And then, like I say, we have the big events a couple of times a year. Yeah, excellent. I can't recommend it enough for anybody who's in in the north of England in particular. Um, You know, anybody who's local and, and can make it along, well worth making the trip. So anything you want to add about any of that, Greg, before we move on? No, no. I must say, though, that um, with your presentation, Ash, the fact that you did it, you presented the information in slightly different ways where you were talking about where the most sightings were, but then also that compared to where the most sightings were per capita or Mm. which was really interesting because you go, wow, obviously there's loads in London. I can't can't remember the detail, Ash, so don't shoot me. But then when you go per capita, it it sort of all changed around. So the ones that you expected to be, yes, you're going to see a lot of people with sightings sort of around the London area, but actually per capita or per thousand people or however you measured it, forgive me, um, was it changed the whole dynamic of, of the that sort of like the data. So that was really good that you were able to present it in a way that made sense and was a bit more realistic because I would expect thousands of people to see them in London. But if you if you switched up the data a bit and actually gave a better picture of what where the sightings were actually taking place. So, yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, yeah I wasn't too sure because obviously my, my presentation was around sort of the stats and the figures <laughs> and I was like, 
how much are people going to be wanting numbers thrown at them. So it was, was a bit like, oh, this is how bonus is going to be for people to sort of sit and watch. But like I say, we try and present the information in a bit of a different way to just give people a general overview of the information. I'm glad you uh, you enjoyed it. And I got quite quite a bit of good feedback about that. We're seeing, because this is information that I don't think anybody else is presenting in the UK. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's good to, obviously we do it with our database that we talked about before. It's just a way of getting that information out there in a way that people can sort of understand it and see what is going on in the UK, which is what we try to do as, as a group. That's why we do it. And I must say, Ryan's presentation as well, everybody sort of was in the room for that, for that last presentation. And that was great. That was really great. Um, I loved the fact that he was talking about the effect on people as well as the sightings themselves. So uh, that was really good. And I think everybody was just hanging on his word um, to what he was going to say next. So that was great. I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, it was a great day. And the podcast uh, panel was great. Um, it, w- it was just a really good day. And it seemed to fly by. And I know because I crashed at your house the night before and we'd done like a, a paranormal investigation the night before in the basement of Ash's house. Then we're up super early to get all the gear over to the to the uh to the hall so yeah it was, it was a mad 24 hours but it was great mm. absolutely great yeah i think a good time was had by all and uh very much looking forward to uh to the next one definitely so moving on to some uh a bit more recent events actually something fairly big that's just pretty much happened this last week is this um announcement from nasa uh, of the the sixteen scientists who are actually going to be taking part into this study into how best to approach the UAP topic. Now we'd spoken about this on the roundtable a little while back um, when it was first announced, and the difference now is they've actually announced the the commencement of the study and and the actual the sixteen scientists who are actually going to be you know taking part um safe to say when we spoke about it a while back we weren't exactly optimistic that we were going to get any significant answers from from this but the fact that the scientists have now been announced is sort of a step further towards you know this effort coming to fruition and you know whatever comes of this nine-month study could lead to further studies by nasa and others um the study itself is expected to take nine months, as I say, and I think the important thing to remember about this study is that it's it's not setting out to look into the topic and figure out what's going on with UAP, like where the origins of where these things are coming from, what it actually is. It's actually just a case of the purpose of the study is to come up with basically a framework of how to actually best scientifically approach this topic and i think there's a lot of confusion about that especially because nasa's name is attached to it it's sort of being discussed a lot in in the mainstream and people are sort of thinking that nasa are going to you know spill the beans or something in nine months time it's not necessarily that straightforward and so i think best not to expect any direct answers coming from this but even the fact that nasa is involved in in the ufo topic the uap topic in, in any capacity has obviously generated headlines all around the world and there's got a lot of people talking which can't be a bad thing and uh there are you know within the ufo community though um quite a few people who are a bit concerned about nasa's approach here um to borrow an expression from from dave smethurst who's with us in spirit today but not in in person um (laughs) 
they, Dave said, um, it's a bit like going shopping without checking what you've got in the cupboards first. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And <laughs> just it basically sums up, you know, how, how NASA probably are already sitting on some of the best possible data for understanding what's happening with the UFO mystery. And then they embark on a study to how best to look into the topic. You know, it does seem a little bit bizarre. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, and this is one of the things that sort of bothered me a little bit about this recent announcement, is that NASA put out a tweet which was a, a three-tweet long thread announcing the scientists involved, etc. Uh, and the third tweet out of the three said, there is no evidence to suggest that UAP are extraterrestrial in origin. Now, that really did seem a bit bizarre to me, you know, to be putting together a study to figure out how best to look into the mystery and framing the announcement of that study and the personnel involved in it with a statement that seemingly designed to cast doubt on one of the possible conclusions as to where the things actually originate from surely that doesn't really seem to suggest that they're willing to follow the data wherever it leads now perhaps though that statement is not reflective of the approach that they're going to take but it does seem like a bit of a a poorly worded statement to make right at the beginning and not the best start and doesn't exactly fill me with hope about the effort (laughs) overall um but you know having said that I i do tend to think that the fact that nasa are involved at all and willing to put their name behind it in any way will probably have an overall sort of net positive effect in terms mm-hmm. of the public taking this more seriously and whatnot and academics and scientists getting involved in general can't be a bad thing so i don't want to be too negative um so what do you guys think um how about you greg so um like you mentioned with nasa sort of throwing their name behind it has got to be a good thing and for people like Myself, because I know I, I mentioned this on previous roundtables that I'm not the resident expert in UFOs or anything. I'm more of the, the lay person. So to see that NASA have put their name behind it, I think apart from the US congressional hearings, I think NASA's name has got to be up there with kind of giving it mass appeal, regardless of what the outcome is or the people in the UFO community, what they think, I think from the general public, that it's a headline grabber already. And one of the guys on it is a former astronaut. So he must potentially have seen stuff, but they can't say that they, they, so going back to your point about the fact that they must be sitting on loads of stuff, which undoubtedly they are, because they're the only ones essentially up there. Um, and they control all the, the video feeds and all that kind of stuff and all the communications. But for them to come out, they have to say, we got to look at it from the ground up again. Because if they come out and say that they've, they've got all this evidence, there's going to be a lot of uproar. And I was watching a documentary a little bit earlier um, for some of the guys we're speaking to later on. And um, one of the guys mentions the fact that if they mention anything before like 2004 and the tic tac and everything like that like we've said before they're basically saying that they've been telling us a lie for the last 50 odd years and they they can't do it because as soon as they do it all goes pear-shaped for all the people above and down i can't they have to sort of essentially draw a line in the sand and say nothing happened that we knew of before 2004 or whatever uh, since the Nimitz and the Tic Tac um, so, so them saying 
they are sat on it, and I genuinely, I think we all three of us would agree they've got to be sat on some some real nice sort of Gucci stuff that um, <laughs> people would tear their arms off to to see. Um, for them to come out and admit that they can't, as much as somebody's there going, we've got all this stuff. So that that's my opinion. I think they have to pretend publicly that they've got nothing and they're starting from afresh. Otherwise, it, it smacks of a lot of lying all over. Never a straight answer, <laughs> as they say. About you, Ash? Yeah, it's like like you say, Frank, about the statement they put about the extraterrestrial side of it. It's like, why, why even? You didn't have to mention it there. So why are they bringing it up when it is a possible explanation? It has to be. And they're sort of saying straight away, we're not going to be that. You just think you're not going to get a fair crack of the whip if you're saying that from the starting blocks. Like you didn't have, no one asked you about it. You didn't have to say that. Yeah. Like why, why, why are you saying it? And I don't know. Do we know what data? Because you mentioned about 2004, so whether basically US government, like 2004 is where it started. That's where we're going from. Is NASA the same? Is that they're starting? I, I, I think it's it's really this this study is just to actually figure out what data to look at. So they're going to be sort of they're not actually going to be analysing like a, a chunk of data and going through different sightings and things. They may be doing that as a bit of a uh, you know to pick a few as an example of like break stuff down and, and figure out you know conclusions of how well the analysis of it goes or whatever. But I, I think the the whole point of this study really is just to actually you know, put a framework together of what data you can look at. And I think they're actually trying to focus on unclassified data as well. That's been quite a big thing. Yeah, that's why that's why you say I'm on NASA's website now. It says the study will focus solely on unclassified data. Hmm. So basically they're, they're, they're just going to look at everything that's in the public domain um, and it gets them out of a sticky situation. I mean, I mean... It, it, it is a step forward, no matter which way you sort of how you think about what they might do with it. It's got yeah. it in the public eye, of course. It's more mainstream news on a like scientific level. It's take it's helping take it away from the like sort of cynical hat, whereas it is making it more serious. And if it like say it's just making a framework, at least then going forward, they have that basis. So it does say that there is going to be more studies in the future. This is like the baseline study in the future. There's going to be more based around, this is the baseline. Now we've gone into the next thing. So, yeah, I guess it is, it is a good thing. It is good good for us, and it's just, I guess it's got to wait and see what actually happens. Yeah, and I think, the, the you know, the, this framework as to what data to look at and how to analyse that data and, and how to basically kind of allow scientists and academics to approach this topic could be used then by NASA for like a phase two where they actually go, right, now we know what we're looking at, how we're going to go about looking at it. Let's actually get all that data and, and go through it and analyze it and have another maybe year-long phase two aspect of it where we actually look at this, draw conclusions from it, and then present like our findings to the public and things. And that would be good. You know, but I suppose it's just it's a bit of a long game, isn't it, really? You know, we've got to wait nine months from to either figure out even figure out what they're going to look at and um, and then and how much money they need yeah that's it and i think it's a relatively limited amount that they're going to be using for the for the nine month study as well um that i think they said a maximum of a hundred thousand um which is 
sounds a lot, but it's not really in the grand scheme of things of what you can actually achieve, you know, um, to, to look into this. When you consider how much the Galileo project have got and things like that, you know, it's much bigger budgets and, um, yeah, but like the end of the day, you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding, isn't it? You know, we'll, we'll see in nine months what, what they come up with, with this. And I think overall, like, like everybody has been saying, I think around the round table just now, um, NASA's name being attached to it is kind of a good thing overall. I saw a clip the other day. It was one of those like morning news programs, you know, like this morning or whatever they call it these days. Um, and, um, one of the presenters who clearly had no idea about the the UFO topic was talking about it and he said, well, NASA's looking into it now, you know? And it was like, it just hit me that, wow, okay, yeah, NASA's name being attached to this is going to make people sit up and listen, isn't it, you know? It makes it easier for people like us. When when people ask us, oh, what do you do? Like, well, (laughs) they do start sort of being that sort of typical response, like, well, NASA are doing it, US government are doing it. Like this isn't this isn't a joke. It is a serious thing. It does it 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 does help people like us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think the alternative is NASA completely denying any involvement or any interest in it, like has been going on for quite a long time, you know that just sub- subconsciously kind of you know delegitimizes the whole thing, doesn't it? Like you say, you're having that conversation with somebody, and they say, "Oh, well, what are NASA doing about it?" And you go, "Oh, well, NASA just aren't even involved at all, and just won't." won't even touch the topic doesn't look good that does it no. at least at least now you don't have to say that anymore now it's a case of well nasa are actually fully engaged with this they've commissioned a study and blah 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 so yeah overall let's i'm trying to focus on the positives even though there are a few warning signs there and that kind of thing but we'll we'll see how it all pans out won't we like a lot of it is just a waiting game yeah we can't do anything apart from just keep it in the public eye but isn't it good that we are able to have this discussion. You mentioned we're mentioning NASA. We're mentioning the congressional hearings and and the U.S. government saying that UFOs are real or UAPs are real. Whereas before the New York Times article, we wouldn't have had this conversation at all. And even up to the last couple of years, you probably wouldn't have had a a meaningful conversation about the likes of the U.S. government and NASA being involved in trying to figure out what UAPs are. And then all these pilots coming forward. It's interesting time. It is indeed an interesting time. So, yeah, well, next up, well, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about the, the moment of contact film mm. uh, by uh, James Fox, which just came out and uh, is available to watch online now. Uh, we mentioned this in the last round table and we were kind of excited to, to all talk about it a bit. Um, so anybody listening can check that out. I think it's available on most streaming platforms. I, I watched it on Amazon Prime Video where it's Same. available. Yeah, yeah. 9 that's the, the price to buy the film. And yeah. uh, it's one of them where you buy the film as well. You can watch it as many times as you like. It's not like a rent for 24 hours thing uh, like some films have been uh, been doing. Which, nothing wrong with that, but it's, I think it's nice that you can buy it and then go back and watch it, you know, uh, whenever you like. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually thought that's fairly reasonably priced, to be honest. You know, again, some, some of the independent films charge twice that amount and more. So I think considering the work James Fox puts into his films, I was quite happy to pay that. So the f- the film centres around James Fox uh, visiting Virginia, Brazil, 
uh, to investigate a case uh, that took place there. And um, 1996, I believe, multiple witnesses observed a UFO, which looked like it was struggling to stay aloft before crashing. And then there were multiple reports of living beings which escaped the wreckage and actually wandered around the town uh, before being captured by the military. And uh, the, the witnesses actually reported like witness intimidation and there were witnesses who reported having seen this creature being captured and taken to military facilities in hospitals and things to be analysed. And there was some pretty compelling witness testimony in general from quite a large number of people who, who saw things. Um, so, as I say, we, we discussed this last month and there were rumours uh, swirling around about potential actual footage of the being maybe even being included in the film. But as it turns out, that didn't that didn't happen. Um, as I, we kind of all predicted that it probably wouldn't do. And, you know, there may have been some elements of a bit, a little bit of hype in there, perhaps with, with that sort of thing. But there were some witnesses who had, had never spoken on camera before, including a, a man who saw the actual UFO uh, crash and was then intimidated by the military and uh, kept silent for all this time and w- was very emotional when opening up and giving his, his testimony as to what he saw. Uh, also, the the three young girls who are often associated with this case who are now adults and have, have maintained for all these years that all three of them saw the being in a patch of, of waste ground. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a very interesting watch. So I think you guys have, have both seen the film, if I'm not mistaken. What, what, yeah. were, your, what yeah. were your thoughts on it? And I'll go with uh, you, Ash, if you're up for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The amount of testimony and witnesses is just incredible. I had no idea there's that many people involved, that many different. So, like, you've got government people, you've got like the firefighters, you've got like to the hospital staff, like the x ray sort of operator guy. Oh, different people that were involved and then told to basically this didn't happen. I mean, it is all it is all testimony, obviously, but that much of it which James put across in this in this film is just astounding. And when you're watching the witnesses talk about it, like I say, you can see the emotion, like the guy on the hill when they, when they finally found the place where he remembered seeing it come down. He talked about the White House. You know there that he's not lying. He saw whatever it was, he saw something. And then obviously was 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 silenced after and you see him fact sort of finally like it's like he's told someone for the first time and that someone believes him. And it, it's mad because I've got a colleague who's Brazilian. And I, I sort of asked him the other day, I was like, Oh, do you live anywhere near Virginia? Like in, where you're from originally? And he was like, uh, I don't, where, whereabouts is that? He's like, What name? And he's like, Oh, with, with the UFO, like he didn't know the town until he realised it was the UFO town. Yeah, and it like it was like a big story at the time as well. Like you know the news and the papers and that back in '96 was it? I, th- I think so. Yeah, unless I've, yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the yeah, I mean, we can talk a lot about the um, different parts. But the point to you mentioned sort of the footage. I've seen the last few days or the last week some photos from Reddit that are claiming to be the the creature, like generally photos of it in, a, in like a box. Yeah. It's uh, on Twitter at the moment as well. It's on Twitter as well. I saw yeah. Reddit uh, in the past week and yeah. don't know if it's, they've been totally debunked. Yeah. Not it looks I'm like the that. description that people, the girls were given and the people were given. If you look at the iconic sort of, I say iconic, I remember 
this story. I was 19 when this this all happened, and I remember specifically that picture of the crouching alien um, or entity or, or whatever it might be um, that the girls drew or they got someone to draw. And I remember that specifically. And then to watch this and see all these other people involved, like you just mentioned, Dash, I, I didn't know the, the rest of it. And then I saw that picture yesterday, I think it was, and today on Twitter, and it was in a box, which they mentioned in the, the documentary that they were in, it was in this box. Um, and its eyes look very similar, but everybody alleges it's 100% real and genuine. But Well, the thing is, not wanting to uh, be the one to, to rain on the bonfire sort of thing, <laughs> but um, I, I have been looking into that a little bit and um, I've seen... Um, apparently there were some other shots as well from a TV show like recreation, um, which apparently that was like part of a scene recreating. Um, I think it was a Brazilian TV show recreating what happened during the case. I'm not sure exactly if that's legit, but I, I did see, um, it was a, an account on Twitter that's like uh, goes through and, and debunks cases and stuff. So obviously, whether or not it's true, I don't know. But I did see a few other people commenting on it, and and it seemed as though that that there may be something to that. So, but there has been a real sort of um, frenzy of all kinds of different images and videos and things like that um, being discussed. And the, there's one particular area that I'm trying to keep an eye on, which is I don't know if you guys have seen this one. It's um, there's a guy called. Um, Roni Vernet or Vernet, I don't know how you pronounce his name, unfortunately. Um, but he's on uh, on Twitter, and he he's been uh, speaking about a researcher, Vittorio Pacicini, who's a Brazilian researcher, and apparently he's been giving interviews uh, saying that he himself has actually seen in 2012. He was shown um, a clip of of the footage. And which apparently exists of of the entity, the the being, and um, I, I'm just going through the the tweets here. I've got some screenshots of them. Um, he was given um, permission to watch a 35 second video of, of the being, and um, the description of the creature was the same as that given by the girls: thin arm and a chest like a seven year old, uh, disproportionately large head, immense red eyes that protruded from the sockets. And um, apparently the, the creature was kind of struggling and uh, struggling to get to its feet. And um, they tried to give it some fruits and vegetables, none of which were accepted by the being. Um, and uh, after 35 seconds, the, the video basically ends. And, and according to this, uh, the Pacicini, who's, like I said, a, a Brazilian UFO researcher, um, genetic analysis showed uh, ancestry with human DNA. And then all of the... Uh, captured creatures were sent off uh, to the US. And and apparently it is Pacicini himself who's in contact with James Fox to try to negotiate about this footage coming out. And supposedly there is um, some uh, negotiations taking place that the footage itself will be a front-page story in the New York Times. Um, now, again, is that all legit? We don't know. But what I do know is that James Fox himself has been retweeting that account. So he obviously you know is behind this person sort of thing so there is a lot of talk about 
you know, footage. There's a lot of people that have come out with footage, but that does seem like one to keep an eye on. But the footage itself's not out yet. It's all just talk at this point in time. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? What do you reckon? Do you think we're going to see that on the New York Times? Well, who knows? Five years ago, would you have seen the expose on this Nimitz thing and the Tic Tac and everything? Probably not. But I, this particular, the way James Fox presents the information, and like Ash said, there's a lot of witness testimony. It's pretty much all witness testimony, interviewing people, blurred out faces where they're saying, we don't want to be on camera. They're like doctors. Um, I think the way that they use the drone footage as well, being an ex-drone pilot, uh, I recognize some good drone footage when I see it. And it was good that they were up quite high above and they were able to sort of point point out where the where the alien was in, where the blockades were. And it because when you say it was in a, a this Brazilian town, I I have a picture, I live in a town, I have a picture of that in my head, but when you see it on the documentary and the people that didn't want to speak about it, one guy says that he um thank you for the opportunity of getting it out um things like that it's just like you know what it there wasn't a single person on there for me that seemed like they weren't telling the truth everybody seemed to be genuine that guy who was crying and was really emotional he's like i haven't made a single penny off this so it's not about the money for me it's like why would i be embarrassed for 20 26 years when I mention it to my friends and family and they'll laugh at me why would I do that so and you kind of go yeah why would you do that you just shut your mouth and get on with your life but the fact that somebody died they all described so one of them who captured the alien why you'd do that and I put his arms around this alien and grabbed it and he was covered in this sort of smell and this oily stuff and then he later died um they all said the same smell like a sulfury ammonia smell um and how it sort of ingrained itself where like days afterwards they could still smell it like to the point where i think it's the hospital where they had to close that part of the hospital for a few days because of the smell and couldn't have people going in there yeah and the same smell at the the crash site and where the girls were it's like why are they all reporting the same thing like that's got a hold that's got a hold legs and one of the 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 specific um just seemed to be affected by the heat and it couldn't stand the heat which i thought was a really weirdly specific kind of description of something to say that it, it seemed to be struggling with the heat and it just that that's not the kind of detail you generally or I wouldn't think to think of when you think there's this alien walking around this neighbourhood in Brazil, um, struggling with the midday sun. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. It was it wasn't even night time, um, and there was two creatures. Where they captured one early on, and one later on. The town's even got a UFO, a flying saucer sort of shaped mural, like monument in the town, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, just gotta have they have embraced like the yeah. whole the whole thing and I mean obviously he's good for tourism. Um you look at it from that side as I well. I don't know if I'd want to go there though. It didn't really look like a very touristy kind of place though, did it? 
No, but at the airport, like we don't, like we have Rendlesham. You think yeah. how famous that incident is? Nobody we got is a little bit of metal in a forest. Like you have to go and find it. Whereas they could, like, they proper embrace. Yeah, like, this true. is where something happened. I was expecting that when I went to Rendlesham. I was like, I went to like a sh- local shop. I was like, is there any any shops around here or anything selling? Or information about UFO stuff. It's like, no, no, just that little <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny walk in the forest. That's literally it. At least they do embrace. This yeah. is a story we've had. This is something that allegedly happened. And they, they embrace it, which, which, was, which was awesome. One thing I did like, that when they got there, they held up a sign saying, do you know anything about the UFO? Come and speak to us. And like, people were just like <laughs> queuing up to speak to him, which I thought was, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, alongside that guy... Lopez or Lops or something they, they mm. called him and they were trying to he was like get away from me so I'll scare you away with bullets or some words to that effect I'll remove you with bullets I'll remove you with bullets yeah, yeah. pretty pretty a scary little phrase that isn't it I don't yeah. fancy being removed with bullets thank you and, and it was the fact that nobody was trying to sensationalise their story I think that's what got me the most none of them sensationalized what they saw like you haven't got these guys going up yeah there's this big thing come crashing down and mm. we were probed and we were taken aboard this ship it's all like and smaller parts of the main picture it's like it was they great. experienced that bit they had involved in that bit he was involved in this side of it and when he clicked it all yep. together especially like say with the with the footage from the sort of the above view mm. it was showing you where this was where the uh, blockade was where they saw it where it was captured and how close it was together. You think, yeah, this this, this happened. Yeah, this. and it was all in quite a smallish area, but a yeah. lot of people involved. And like you say, it was just like little small stories that intersected each other and create this big picture. I thought it was a really well-made documentary, actually. I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to see, but I, was, I watched the whole thing pretty much straight off and was just like, that was really interesting. I, I learned a lot, and even though majority of it was a subtitle because it's Brazilian, and nobody really spoke English, it was it was fascinating, really fascinating. Mm. I think James Fox generally has a way with his films of just getting the the tone just right. And I was thinking, I mean, I've I've seen you know all of his other films, and it's kind of like what I think of as like the gold standard in terms of like UFO documentaries, you know, that and a couple of others as well. But um, he, he, for me, he just gets the balance, you know, just right. It's not too kind of, you know, X-Files music and sort of like fake footage all the time to make it look more, you know, grandiose kind of thing. Um, and But with this, I must admit, I was thinking before I watched it, you know, this is one of those cases where we're talking about like live beings and stuff. How's he, how's he going to be able to approach this with that sort of like, but I thought he, he did. He, he somehow managed to get the balance, you know, really good in that regard. And one thing that um, I thought was really helpful is like you guys were saying, the the drone footage of the areas and, and the recreations as well. But really importantly, they were labeled as recreation. It says on the screen, this is a recreation. This is not anything of the original footage or anything like that. And that was very clearly marked as when something was a, an artistic, you know, recreation and when it was, you know, something that may have been, um, you know, real footage and things like that. And the recreations were done very very cleverly as well. Like there was where the crash site was, they actually showed the, what the craft would have looked like in that landscape and things like that. I just thought it was very, very tastefully done. Mm. And, uh, yeah, overall, definitely well worth a watch, I would say. Yeah, 
definitely. It wasn't hyped up footage. They weren't sort of building to this crescendo of this anticlimactic bit of footage. It was nice storytelling. And I think it, like we just said about the NASA legitimizing stuff, US congressional stuff, this actually gave like a human side to what essentially was an absolutely abnormal experience for the whole town. Um, yeah, no. I, it's hard It's hard well, for me when I was looking at it, sort of when you take a sceptical approach to it, trying to find those holes. Mm. I mean, obviously th- there's some there. There's a couple of parts where I thought, eh, he could have just got that from something else and built it into his story. Like Probably the only part for me that did that was when he's when he's at the the, the crash site, I know what you say. He picked up the sort of piece of it and then screwed mm. it to a ball, and it came flat out. You're thinking, Roswell? That's exactly how they described the material at Roswell. Has he just incorporated that into mm. his story? But then, like you said, Greg, why for 26 years when he's not like it's not like he's gone to the papers, wrote books about it, or tried to publicise it? This fact is just this is what happened. That, that's it like 26 years ago this is what happened mm-hmm. yeah I don't think he's going to say he kept the pocket he said he put it in his pocket I was like you got to show us it you put it in your pocket he still got it like but yeah <laughs> no he didn't which is a shame yeah I thought it was a great film I mean didn't sort of revolutionise the way I look at the UFO topic or anything like that but I think you know if you've not been familiar with this case and I wasn't I'd heard bits and bats about the case but I think we mentioned, I think you were the same, Ash. You'd sort of thought, well, actually, I'm going to hold off looking into this case because I'll you know, be able to sort of absorb it all fully when I watch the film. And I did the same thing. I've been, I've been intrigued about this case for, I must be like over, well over a year that I've, that I've heard James Fox talking about he was working on this um, or was going to be working on it and so on. So, yeah, you know, like I say, it doesn't completely change the way I think about the topic. There wasn't any massive revelations in there or anything, but if you want a really good overview of the case, you know, I, th- I think he nailed it in that regard. And, and yeah. anybody who wants to find out more about the case, perfect place to go. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good one to show to someone who's maybe a bit on the edge, maybe a bit, yeah, it's all a bit, it's all a lot of baloney. As long as they can sit through the Portuguese and having to read the subtitles, I think it is a good, a good one to show sort of someone that does have an interest to say, these are the types of cases that are happening that people probably aren't aware of in the mainstream. But it's a really, really good one. Definitely. Yeah, so I thought um, I'd add a little bit about what's actually coming up pretty soon as well, um, which will probably likely be a part of what we're going to be discussing on next month's roundtable. Um, I quite liked how we did that last time with the moment of contact and then talked about it this time, so I thought we'll keep the theme going. Um, so there it's is... homework today. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. This is your assignment, everybody. So, um, yeah, the, the, the main one, I suppose, is the October the 31st uh, report uh, in, the, in the States. So part of the requirements of the previous uh, UAP related legislation from uh, you know previous years required a report to congress from the UAP office uh, which currently goes by the name of ARO uh, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office and um, this uh, report is also required to be unclassified but perhaps with a classified portion so um, it's not exactly clear that that it's going to be released to the public or what aspects of it will be released to the public, but going off the previous times, 
it most likely will something will come out to the public in some kind of public report. And there's been a lot of discussion about what that report might contain. Uh, if you take kind of a broad view, it's safe to say that opinions are pretty mixed on that, all the way from the possibility that, that this report will go further than ever before in acknowledgement of a non-human intelligence and an admission that sensor systems have picked up objects that can't be explained by human technology, you know, all the way to others predicting that there'll actually be an attempt to walk back on some of the previous progress, you know, as part of a push to deepen the secrecy. And uh, that actually the the transparency with the public might actually be reduced and, and there might be efforts to, to do that. So at the end of the day, the proof's going to be in the pudding on that one. And, uh, you know, at the time that this episode goes out, the report will either already be out or be due out imminently. Um, also, I think um, speculation and hype have reached a, an absolute fever pitch recently on Twitter, um, which to be quite honest, I'm taking with a generous pinch of salt. Um, a lot of the hype is kind of coming from anonymous Twitter accounts claiming to have knowledge of some imminent big reveal and you know sources confirm that a big reveal is coming in the next 24 hours and all this type of thing. And some oh, of this Johnson. Is, well, there you go, and a few <laughs> other various accounts associated with and whatnot. But, um, yeah, some of this is, is tied to the October the 31st report, the Halloween report, um, and some of it is tied to... Um, entity images from the Virginia case that we talked about earlier and, uh, you know, all the various people that are, that are discussing that online. And there's also a lot of speculation that some of the other relatively small incidents that have happened recently are all tied together somehow, suggesting big things going on behind the scenes leading up to a world-changing world disclosure in the next uh, few days, quite literally. Um as much as I'd be fascinated and I'd love that to be the case, I, I do tend to think that it is probably a bit overblown um, and people sort of finding patterns in the chaos rather than some kind of elaborate disclosure conspiracy behind the scenes. I mean, th these are exciting times where good progress towards government transparency on this topic is being made. But I think sometimes certain folks take it a bit far, overhype a little bit, you know, tying things together based on a bit of a, you know, loose connections and a lot of a lot of hearsay. A um, couple of examples of that are the meeting between the UK Defence Secretary Ben Wallace and uh, Lloyd Austin, his counterpart in the United States. Probably, I think, has more to do with Ukraine and Russia, but people are trying to say that that's somehow UAP-related and, and there's not really any evidence that that's the case. Um, there's also the Mars NASA photograph, which, again, I actually think looks really interesting, um, but to suggest that that's part of a drip drip of information leading up to a big bombshell that's coming, I don't know, seems a bit of a stretch. Um, I'm, I'm sort of waiting more info and expert analysis on that one before jumping to conclusions. There was also, we were talking about this the other day, Greg, um, Obama's comments on aliens and UAP in a recent video, um, which is you know absolutely fascinating to hear a, a former president comment on UFOs more openly than ever before. Um, which is a definite sign of like how far things have moved along. But is it a sign that the US government is about to drop the big reveal? Uh, I don't know. I think that's a bit optimistic. Maybe I'm to totally wrong. Maybe it is all linked and they're about to wheel out the Roswell bodies on TV, but I've not necessarily seen enough to be convinced of that just yet. But it, I thought all of these things um, will be quite interesting to revisit a little bit in next month's roundtable to see how, how things have progressed. So what do you reckon, you guys? Anything out of all that lot that you're particularly keeping an eye on? 
Well, it's been a while since we've had a UFO Twitter hype train for some <laughs> groundbreaking video that's going to be a load of shite. So, yeah. I mean, we've got this report coming out. I was like, how expecting it to be today? And then we've got to scramble around before we record this and try <laughs> Like the last couple <laughs> yeah. of times. Like, it literally comes out an hour before we record. You have to scramble, try and read it and talk about it. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. Something, something comes of it. The report, I think we get something out of the report like we did last time. Maybe we get more than we think. I'm quite optimistic. Then um, it won't be total nothingness. But yeah, it's just exciting times. And if there's something coming in the next few days, then we're, we're here for it. What do you reckon, Greg? Anything you're keeping an eye on out of all that lot? I want to know if Brian Johnson is... Really the singer of ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I wanna, think it's the same guy. No, I want to know if he is going to be called out when it goes to shit and everything that he's hyping up. <laughs> it's it, We were talking about it yesterday, briefly. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those. I think we just got to wait and see and then maybe go down Ash's route of being suitably underwhelmed by a lot of stuff <laughs> whereas I'm usually the other one going oh that's great that's that's great that's great and then Ash brings me down a little bit I say oh, let's give it half an hour <laughs> we'll look at it again <laughs> so no I'd it's it, like we said it's an exciting time at the moment there seems to be lots going on there seems to be new things coming out every day people talking about new bits this this moment of contact has, has certainly stirred up some some uh, tweets and conversations online. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, exciting times again. But interestingly, it's coming out on Halloween of all of all days. Yeah, it's funny how the how the dates line up, and it's just um, you know. Like if you think about some of the things that are being speculated about on UFO Twitter, if all of that came to fruition in the next month, we'd be talking about a New York Times article with a, an alien body on the front cover. We'd be talking about the US government admitting that they've you know got bodies potentially and things like that. You know the extent of of what's being discussed. I don't I don't think is necessarily going to happen um but you know if any of that stuff even a tiny little bit of it um comes to fruition it's going to be an interesting discussion next month but i think one thing that we can that we is definitely going to happen is 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 some kind of a report on october the 31st all the rest of it is kind of uh, you know probably a lot less likely um but when this episode goes out it's going to be what is it friday the 28th and there's even been some discussion that they might actually drop some kind of an unclassified report on that Friday. So as people are listening to this, the report may already be out mm. um, or it may end up coming out on the Monday, which is actually the 31st. Um, but some people have been sort of saying, you know, maybe the, if they did want to, you know, not make too big of a splash, they might do it on the Friday before the weekend. So it could could end up coming out on the Friday. Um, I, I, I do recall last time one of these reports came out, it was on the actual very last moment. So it was on the day of, of whether, you know, the deadline day sort of thing, which if that's the case again, it's going to be the Monday. 
but you know all the rest of it like you were saying greg uh, you know the the sort of uh, the soothsayer is going to be called out when all this doesn't happen um i think what'll probably happen is there'll be a convenient shift to all oh, the big bombshells now come in a month down the line <laughs> you know and then a month comes and then it's another two months down the yeah. line that's generally what happens isn't it or we just disappear off twitter and then yeah and another account springs up under a different name talking about the same kind of predictions we throw enough shit, some of it will stick at some point. So <laughs> at least some one of these predictions will come true, even just by pure luck. Yeah, Bob Lazar. <coughs> <laughs> Bob Lazar. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll wow. see. We'll see, won't we? And I think, like I say, it will be interesting to to see in a month's time. You know how many of those things that we just mentioned. <laughs> Um, the, the, with the speculation and, and the hype going on, how much of that will stand the test of time? And, uh, you know, never know. It might be all of it. You know, I might be being a bit too overly cynical and everything might actually happen as the hype suggests or none of it might happen. So we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to, to actually look back on this conversation in a month's time, won't it? Definitely. So, yeah, anything either of you guys want to add before we wrap up? No, no. It's been another fascinating chat um and it was a good opportunity to to review the the documentary which as i think we all agreed was was thoroughly enjoyable well put together and that was worth the hype for, that was worth for the hype. Both yeah. yeah yeah it was and like like you said it wasn't groundbreaking in any kind of ufo um sort of circles really apart from telling the case probably in more depth than anybody's ever spoken about it before so i think that in itself is a good place i think like you said actually that's one good documentary people can look at not necessarily learn anything about the subject but that particular case is a good place to go to definitely and if anyone's not checked out the other james fox films as well definitely worth having a look at as well and i know what i saw that's a really good one very early um, and he talks about the Phoenix light, uh, Phoenix lights. I always nearly say Phoenix nights, you know, because <laughs> that's a great program. I, t- I tell you what, and I only really kind of clocked recently that maybe Peter Kay is a bit of a closet UFO uh, fan. Like, you don't call your show Phoenix nights for no reason, do you? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Somebody needs to, to sort of delve into that a bit, and uh, maybe it is just a coincidence. But I maybe. reckon I, I, I'll, I'll reach out with my Bolton connections and see if I can get him on the podcast. <laughs> Get Max and Paddy on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't think Peter Kay's got all the answers, but, you know, it'd be a fun show anyway. Yeah, but, definitely. But anyway, I think on that, on that bombshell then, we'll call it a night, guys. I'll catch you both next time. Yeah, speak to you soon, Frank. Yeah, see you next month. The UFO Roundtable. The UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. Oh.